Hello and welcome to the What Women Want Today podcast. You might be asking yourself right about now, well, what do women want? I mean, we're pretty complex creatures, right? Well, I think we want it all. And I'm here to explore it with you. My name is Terry Kellums. I'm your host. Go grab your favorite beverage. I've already got my glass of wine and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the What Women Want Today podcast. This is Terry Kellums, your host. How are you today? Oh, how old were you, friend, when you realized that life doesn't always happen the way you think it's going to? <laughs> I'm sure I must already know this and choose to deny that it's true because I still find myself going into situations and uh, a little surprised when they don't go as planned. Does that make me an optimist? I think we'll go with that. It makes me feel a little less naive. But I've been trying to record this podcast episode for about four days. Our neighbors had other plans like using a bulldozer uh, for about the last four days nonstop. (laughs) But it's a great lead into what I want to talk to you about today. When things don't go as expected, this tests our resilience. Today, I'm going to talk to you about resilience with a little bit of irony mixed in. I'm going to share a personal story. I'm going to help you understand the components that make up resiliency and give you some skills you need to be able to cope. So make sure to hang around to the end because I do have a couple of important questions for you today as well. All right. So I was talking to a newer friend of mine recently. She and I had set up a phone date to do a little strategy and brainstorming session about our coaching practices and our podcast. (laughs) And she asked me, what made you start a podcast? Now, it really wasn't a random question, but more of a thought-provoking one to dive into the why. It's really important to keep sight of your why because it's easy to get sidetracked when things go wrong in life when you don't. (laughs) Have you ever heard of an author and how they can get writer's block? Well, it's also pretty normal and common for content creators to get blocked especially when you're working from home within the same four walls and your work is done by yourself. And the only way you really know if what you're putting out into the world are some very obscure analytics on your podcast hosting website. Well, I shared with her some of the story of my mom's extremely difficult years um, in her journey through perimenopause and the struggle a lot of women face as things are changing and we don't always understand or know how to cope with the mood swings, the hot flashes, the weight gain, the anxiety, the depression, insomnia, and for a lot of women like me, low thyroid issues. (laughs) A lot of women choose to withdraw during this time and they are often left with the feeling that they don't have much to offer the world. So they kind of withdraw and keep to themselves and the story for them at this point in life has often become, no one cares what I'm going through or I don't want to burden anyone. I told my friend, I want to use my voice and everything I've learned about personal growth and development, throw in a dash of leadership training and coaching, along with the things I've experienced with my own mom and help midlife women feel like they could be empowered by the journey of other women's stories. Um, So I could bring resources and some teaching and hopefully inspire you to lead a more fulfilling life. My passion is to develop a community of women who are looking to connect with other women, share some excitements of triumph, or wrap sometimes virtually a hug around someone else during a tough moment. 
My mom didn't really have uh, close friends later in life. She didn't really have any hobbies, and she spent a lot of time watching Lifetime TV, which, if I remember correctly, usually have you ending up in tears over some form of tragedy. (laughs) I believe so strongly that if she had a friend, like my friend on the phone, that she could have called her up and said, hey, here's what I'm going through. And I have to believe there would have been a different outcome for her. So my irony lies in the answer to her question, what made you start your podcast? Because regardless of all my personal intentions of how I want to live out my own purpose, I had landed in a place where I was feeling stuck and not feeling very resilient. And to be really honest, everything I talk about Well, I'm sure you know the expression, the plumber has the leakiest pipes. I haven't been so great lately at leaning on community. I confess to my friend that I've been upset and in a very strange, unexplainable way, I've been holding on to it and not very willing to let go of it. So I'll take a little step backward and share this with you in a way that I hope it makes sense. If you're part of my community on Instagram, the What Women Wednesday podcast, I did a video back in July, an IGTV video called, Do I Live in a Warehouse? I did a little tour and I gave a little explanation of our current living situation. If you haven't seen it, I'll tell you just enough to have the story make sense to you. But when we relocated for my husband's job, we decided to build a new home instead of buying an existing one. And so during the transition, we built a big metal building to store our belongings in and we parked our RV inside of it. This was intended to be a six to nine month living solution. And while I can appreciate the minimalist lifestyle that seems so popular these days and the tiny homes that look so cute on TV and the growing trend of ditching all your belongings and traveling across the country in your motorhome, no one talks about the downside of it. No one talks about laundromats with cockroaches so big that you have to turn your foot sideways to step on it. (laughs) Or having to choose between putting conditioner in your hair or shaving your legs? Or what about the 24 inches of countertop space I have to prep my meals? (laughs) Um, I mean, I could keep going, but I'm hoping I will look back on some of these things in the near future and find them a lot more humorous. (laughs) After figuring out that due to many things beyond our control, at about 12 months into it, we built out a little area on the side of the building that has my home office, a little lounge area where we watch TV, and a bathroom with laundry area that has no cockroaches. (laughs) And so, like I said, that was at about month 12. We're now at month 31. And about a month ago, the beginning of September-ish, my husband had an opportunity to transfer to Big Bear Lake, California. And I got so excited. Even though it meant starting over from scratch, the housing there is very expensive. And Brian, being a big fan of building versus buying, We went to visit and I loved the energy of the place. I have to be honest, I really think I loved the idea of renting a house maybe the most. (laughs) I got so attached to the idea of having a home again, even if it was only temporary while we built. I told myself the story that it would be better than this. I'll admit, I don't always have an easy time with change. Moving to where we live now was sort of a means to an end. Um... My husband, Brian, is very motivated to have a good pension built up for our retirement. His company has a crazy formula on how the pension is calculated, but at the end of the day, it really just means that the more he earns in the last five years, the better the pension will be. So with that in mind, we made our decision to move. 
but it came with sacrifice. We left family and friends in the Phoenix area, and I left some of my favorite things to do, like go to comedy clubs, happy hours with girlfriends, hot yoga classes. Some of the best restaurants you can ask for are in the Phoenix and surrounding areas. Shopping and and painting and pottery classes and having friends in our home and entertaining them. And probably really high in the list is decorating for the holidays. Most of those things were the very reason I left the comfort of my small hometown in Illinois to move to Phoenix in the first place. But I knew what I was getting into. This place that we live is a retirement community. I've said it before, there are some very friendly people here. Our neighbors are probably some of the nicest people you could ask for, and they have truly been very welcoming. But after two and a half years, it still doesn't feel like home to me. I struggle with the lack of connections I had back in Phoenix. After the decision was made that we are not leaving to move to Big Bear, I definitely felt let down. (laughs) I tried not to get my hopes up too much, but I did. And I was looking forward to living within 15 minutes of the lake, which is my happy place. And I was looking forward to all of the things I talked about before, the shopping, the restaurants. But there were parts of me that did wonder if it was the right decision. Something I learned, and I think I've mentioned it here before on the podcast from being a part of the John Maxwell team, is that if we truly want to grow and evolve, it requires getting to know yourself on many levels. This is something I've learned about me. I enjoy and thrive on routine. I like rituals, safety, security, and the need to nest and make my environment comfortable. To have a place to sort of get back to, and I haven't been able to really feel that in quite a while. Now, I'm sure to sure that part of what plays into all my feelings, this stuckness, this disappointment, has not been helped at all by the pandemic. None of us can say the events of the past 20 months have done us many favors. And while confessing to my friend about holding on to this whole situation a little bit longer than normal, she said something to me. She said, I get it. And I don't remember word for word this part of our conversation with her, but I I did walk away with a couple of important things. The first one is the realization that in the past, I sometimes let go too quickly without honoring my feelings and allowing myself to go through the whole process. I would just shove the whole thing down or aside or wherever things go and you shove them away and attempt to not deal with them. I think we get tempted to run an event like this through a couple of scenarios. A, we may tell ourselves we are just being silly and it's really nothing to be upset about in the grand scheme of things. Or B, we are expecting someone to validate our feelings. But here's the problem with that. We don't need anyone to make it okay to feel the way we feel. I made changes in my life 11 years ago when I moved to Phoenix because I wanted more out of life. I wanted more fulfillment. I wanted to pursue my passions and purpose. So why on God's green earth should I let anyone, including myself, deny that my current living situation is making it more challenging and causing me to feel unrest? All right, the other thing I took away from my conversation is this. When I talk about connection and community, it is for this very thing. Most days I would much rather laugh and have fun and drink a glass of wine or a cup of coffee with you than to sit and tell you my tales of woe. But this is what we need to do instead of retreating 
and shutting down our feelings. I almost immediately felt better after talking about it and getting some perspective and a chance to reflect on how to move through it. I wanted to share this today because we all fall down. For me, it's rarely just one thing. It's the accumulation of smaller things. And this was one of those times. Things happen out of our control and we're going to have upsets in life. And while I don't know where the story of mine is going, I know I've had some leaky pipes for a while, but thankfully my resilient nature kicked in. Now I want to share some of the components of being resilient. Dr. Ginsberg, who is a child pediatrician, human development expert, says that there are seven components that make up being resilient. Competence is the ability to know how to handle situations effectively. Confidence is the belief in one's own ability and is rooted in competence. Connection, people with close ties to friends, family, and community groups are likely to have a stronger sense of security and a sense of belonging. Character, people with character enjoy a strong sense of self-worth and confidence. They're in touch with their values and are comfortable sticking to them. Contribution, If we can experience personally contributing to the world, we learn the powerful lesson that the world is a better place because we are in it. And coping, we need to develop various skills we can pull out to help us. Some examples I thought of were journaling, meditation, a gratitude practice, connecting with nature, and joyful movement. And the last one is control. When we realize that we have control over our decisions and actions, we are more likely to know how to make choices in a way that we can bounce back from life's challenges. I generally believe that midlife can be such a wonderful time, but I also know that there are things that can be stressful and everyone reacts and responds to things in their own way. We've got health concerns of our own, possibly as well as our aging parents, job loss or change, empty nests, worry over our grown children and grandchildren, and relationship changes. So how do we cope? So I found these five recommendations and they are the key stress resilience skills that you and I can develop. Number one, self-awareness. Number two, attention, flexibility, and stability of focus. Number three, letting go of the physical. And number four, letting go of the mental. And number five, accessing and sustaining positive emotion. And the one I would add to this list is really diving into your most important values. I have often found that understanding your most important key values can help you gain a ton of clarity about a situation. So today's episode, I hope you will see it as an opportunity and a reminder to reach out and let someone know when life takes a detour and you're struggling with it. Connection, community, and friendships are so important in this time of life. All right, as we wrap up today, here are my two questions for you. We are heading into the holiday season and it can be hectic for a lot of people. I would like to invite you to join me for 30 days of gratefulness starting November 1st. This is nothing fancy or formal. Just let me know if you're interested by either mailing me at terry at terrykellums.com or send me a DM on IG at What Women Want Today podcast and just put 30 days of gratitude. Number two, my final question may seem a little random, but if you're familiar with the Enneagram and would be interested in a little project I'm working on, 
Also email me or send me a DM at the above mentioned places. And if you know your Enneagram number, why don't you go ahead and include that too? All right, I'm going to leave you with one quote. Um, It's by Nelson Mandela. And he says, do not judge me by my successes. Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up again. Until next time, my friend, remember, take care of you. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. If you'd like to continue the conversation, come on over and join our private Facebook group, What Women Want Today. I'd love to hang out with you some more there. Any resources mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at What Women Want Today podcast or visit my website at whatwomenwanttoday.com. Please remember to subscribe, download, and share. Leave me a review. It helps other amazing women find the show and become a member of our community. One last thing for you today. You are not alone. You are worthy of love and a fulfilled life. Now it's time to go after it.